Hi there. This is Winnell, and you are listening to Blended and Flourishing Families podcast. You are in the right place if you are a step parent or connected to a step family and you want to gain insight in how to achieve harmony in your family, which is what the Blended and Blended and Flourishing represents. In here, there will be some real conversation about step parent challenges, challenges that step kids and bio kids encounter, and challenges that bio parents experience as well as the importance and benefits of step parenting with God. If you are new here, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and I would love for you to leave a rating as well. Now that we've gotten all caught up, let's chat. I would love to welcome Deja Harris to our podcast. Ms. Harris is a licensed social worker with over 10 years of experience working in the medical field. She runs her private practice, Evolution U, part-time where she provides therapy. Ms. Harris is also a life coach with a specialization in self-care, where she provides coaching services to help busy women learn to practice daily self-care by teaching them how to set healthy boundaries with other. And she is an author of the self-care workbook and the creator of a self-care card deck, right? And Ms. Harris is a stepmom. So I'm excited to be here with Deja Harris, who is a self-care coach. And I'm so glad to have her because this month we are focusing on self-care. It is the beginning of the year and we want to be able to get right and set ourselves up for success and not wait until the end. So my guest here today, we're going to discuss on some things about why self-care is important and what are some of the things that you can do to implement self-care in your life and also in your family. So for you, Deetra, what does self-care means to you? Um, for me, it basically means taking the time out for yourself to make yourself a priority, especially when you're a parent or a step-parent. We spend so much time doing things for everybody else, and a lot of times we neglect ourselves. So for me, it's just being intentional about making yourself a priority. Mm, that is so true. And definitely just life as a whole is super busy. But when you are a part of a step family, there's like a different step or different level of challenges um, that you encounter that can take a toll on you as well. And so for you, did you implement before you stepped into the role um, of a stepmom? Did you implement self-care before then? Um, I did, but it was not always consistent. Um, before becoming a stepmom, self-care was something that uh, I think I took for granted because, you know, I was like in my 20s, you know, early 20s, like late 20s when I became a stepmom. But um, so back then it was just, you know, I took it for granted. I thought it would always be there. I didn't know all the challenges that would come up. So I have no biological children yet, but um, when I became a stepmom, it was a big adjustment. And of course, with adjustments come stressors. So now I'm just very intentional about taking, you know, time out for myself and I do it daily. Mm, I love that. I love that you said intentional 
Um, because I think when we think about self-care, that's a world that a word that has to go along with it is to be intentional. And definitely, I, I know other stepmoms could probably relate to you because I can relate to you on the fact that when we stepped into this role, we pretty much had this, I want to don't want to say a rosy picture, but it definitely didn't have a lot of the challenges and stuff that we end up encountering. And so when we think about just taking time to take care of ourselves, those things are not really a priority to us. We're so focused on trying to make it work and um, trying to do everything else, all of the other responsibility. Um, So for you, at what point after you stepped into stepmom role, at what point was it you realized, oh, you know what, this is a lot more than what I thought and I need to take care of myself? When I realized that I was getting a lot of anxiety and stress when it came to high-conflict biological mothers, all that stress and constantly feeling like I needed to be in control, but then I don't have control and I don't really have any legal rights. I'm still trying to provide structure for the kids. I just felt like I was taking on everything and it became very stressful and it you know gets translated into my moods and everything and you know it it showed throughout the house Mm. you mentioned anxiety and I read studies that stepmoms suffer from a higher level of anxiety versus um non-stepmom and I think a lot of people don't even realize to the extent of how anxiety can impact your life and how it can limit you and can completely like take over, you know, your entire day uh, pretty much. And in addition to you being a self-care coach, you're also a therapist. And so you do have the knowledge and the training and all of that. So do you feel like your knowledge and your training in the therapeutic field, because you are a licensed um, social worker, do you feel that kind of helped you to take care of your anxiety better? Or was it something that you were kind of like caught off guard and you didn't even realize that you were dealing with anxiety until it was like in your face? I think it helped in some aspects, but I think with anxiety, no matter, just like if you're a doctor, if you get sick, it's you still, you still it no matter if you know how to cure it or not you know I would have so many techniques I would give to my clients how to treat their anxiety and it's kind of sometimes one of those things easier said than done but it did help having the background because I knew how to do deep breathing grounding techniques and things of that nature to kind of get myself in a more peaceful state of mind, but, you know, sometimes there's things outside of your control when it comes to um, being in a blended family, so it's just something you always have to work on, it's an everyday thing. Mm-hmm. That's good, and then also, one of the reasons why I thought you were perfect for this topic, in addition to you, um, you know, just being knowledgeable about self-care is the fact that you have personal experience and knowledge when it comes to chronic illnesses. And I'm pretty sure there are there are some stepmoms out there who, you know, are dealing with chronic illnesses in addition to dealing with step challenges, which is a lot more than regular challenges 
that you may encounter in a traditional family. So a traditional family go through things, but some of the challenges that you may find in a step family, you may not find that in a tradition, a traditional family dynamic. And it can kind of just up things, make things a little bit more harder to navigate. So I'm interested to know when it comes to having a chronic illness, how essential is it to implement self-care? Um, it's actually something that you can't ignore or put on the back burner because like with most diseases, the number one cause of a flare up is stress. And so for me, when I learned that, I was like, oh no, like I'm doomed because I'm always, you know, I would always used to be stressed. And I'm like, maybe that's why I got into the situation. So um, it's crucial that you realize what your triggers are and know how to cope with them and even better be proactive and just practice self-care on a daily basis so that you don't get to the point where your emotions and stress are so out of control that you end up in a flare. Mm. And then for you and also for those who may not necessarily know, um, how would you explain a flare-up? So for me, um, I have lupus and fibromyalgia. So fibromyalgia is pretty much chronic pain throughout your whole body. And lupus is basically your cells, your body attacking itself. So um, it attacks all organs because it can't tell the difference between good and bad cells. So when you become stressed, you can start to feel, for me, the pain will start to like, throb a little bit and it's just kind of sudden but you can notice it and you know that if you don't get it under control you know as the hours go on the pain is just going to increase and then once you're in so much pain it affects everything as far as your sleep your mood and then when you're in pain if you have especially younger kids they don't always understand you know why you might be laying down more than usual not up and you know, jolly and running around and doing all these things that they may like you to do. So, you know, and that comes with, you know, feeling a little bit guilty at times too, because you want to be as active as you can, but then sometimes you have limitations. So that's really important to just de-stress as much as possible when you have a chronic illness. Yeah. And I love the fact that you pointed out with little children not fully understanding um, how much pain you may be in. Um, for you, did you or have you share your illness with your um, step kiddos yet? I have. So the two that are in the home now, one's 13, going on, she'll be 14 in April, and the other one is eight. And the eight-year-old, her mother actually shares the same illness I have. And so I was under able to help her understand a little more about, you know, what her mom might be going through as well when times she felt um, neglected, things of that nature. And I think um, the older one, she's also seen me in the hospital when I was hospitalized back in 2019. And so I think they understand for the most part, you know, I'm sometimes they want that attention, which is natural as children. But, you know, they know when I'm not feeling good, they can see that and they try to give me the space to, you know, rest for a while. 
Yeah. And I love that because communication is so important. Um, if you're going to take care of yourself and you're going to uh, make yourself a priority when you need to make yourself a priority, well, communication plays a huge role if you're not living by yourself, if you're in a family and there's other people who are going to interact with you, it has to be communicated to them. And for me, something that I do when I'm just extremely tired and I just need a break, I will tell my kids, you know, I'm not feeling too good. I need to go lay down for this amount of time. I'm going to close my door. Whatever question you guys have for me, wait when I'm opening my door and you ask, ask the question. Now, of course, they're kids. So <laughs> nine times out of 10, they don't wait. <laughs> they will right. come knocking. Can I have this? Can I have that? And then I just end up repeating to them and just letting reinforcing what I've already told them so that they can get accustomed to it and get to a point where when they know that, oh, when mom say, or when stepmom say, you know, they need this amount of time, I know not to bother her. So it's definitely going to take time and continually doing it over and over for them to get to the point where they fully understand that um, as well. And what are some of the self-care tips that you do for yourself to help you? Um, for myself, I definitely make sure that I carve out alone time, whether that's, like you said, closing the door for X amount of time and just sometimes I just lay there in silence, no TV, nothing, just breathing, being in the moment to de-stress. Also, you know, when there's times and I'm having step challenges and I might feel unappreciated or things of that nature, I try to um, sometimes use a gratitude journal and just, you know, write things that um, I am thankful for them that are positive in my family. So I don't get into this negative mindset and become stressed. So those are a couple of things I do. Um, you know, I do get a massage every month. I got a massage membership. So that's always nice and traveling when I can. That's probably my favorite. That's awesome. Uh, and it goes back to in the beginning when you mentioned being intentional about self-care. So one of the things for me, what self-care means is for me is completely taking care of yourself. So it's an everyday thing, right? Because we live in a society where this idea of self-care has become a trend and a lot of people see it as it being outside of their reach. They see it as it being, oh, in order for me to do self-care, I got to take time off work or I got to find someone to look after my kids. I have to do something extra, which end up stressing them out because now it's stressful for them to plan um, self-care. So I love the idea of doing something simple as relaxing in bed or journaling. And again, it's being intentional about self-care and self-care should be a daily thing, not just for you to schedule something daily, do the simple things daily that will help you to be your best, best self that will help you to be there for everybody else. And then you can um, also schedule out the things that you cannot afford to do daily. Maybe like, you know, for massage for you, you say you do that monthly. And so you have your monthly routine where, you know, you go and get your massage, but you have your weekly routine and you have your daily mm -hmm. routine. Um, and then also 
what would you say for a stepmom who is feeling unappreciated and she's feeling overwhelmed right now and she might be experiencing some anxiety? Um, what would you say are some of the things that she can start implementing um, to create a self-care plan for herself? Yeah, so I, I thought a lot about this and, you know, self-care, there's, you know, eight domains of self-care and it's not one size fits all. What works for one person might not work for the next, but for me, when it comes to feeling unappreciated and overwhelmed, I find like the best form of self-care is you know, the emotional, psychological, just the peace of mind. So I suggest that if a stepmother is feeling that way to, like I previously said, definitely carve out time for yourself to just decompress and do something just for you. Also, I would encourage you to set boundaries and make sure there are consequences that come with those boundaries, um, because I know that can be a big cause of stress is when you feel like they're, you're not appreciated and, you know, you don't have control or power and sometimes those boundaries get crossed. So I would say that and Definitely communication is key. If you're frustrated, it's okay to communicate your frustration and needs from your spouse and your children so that, um, you know, sometimes they might think that you're okay with doing it everything. So that's why they don't offer to help because you just do it and they think you're fine with it. So you need to speak up. Definitely communication with everyone in the family. Yeah, those are value points. And I love the fact that you said that not everything will work for everyone. And I went to a conference over the weekend and one of the speakers, she mentioned, she's like, the key point in self-care, remember, is self. So everybody is different. And so definitely it's good that you can do the research and you can look and see what other people are doing, but then you can try it out and take what works for you, leave what doesn't not work for you. Don't think because somebody says you have to do X, Y, and Z means you have to stick to that. If you're doing it and it's making you miserable, then it's not self-care at all. Um, So I love that you pointed that out as well as you know, boundaries and communication, like we mentioned earlier, those are things that go into self-care. And this is something that I want for our audience to remember is like self-care is a whole experience and it's more than appointments. And it's really, is a mental state in order for you to implement self-care. It is a mental state and it's something that has to be a part of your life. It has to be a part of who you are, um, not necessarily something that you have to kind of schedule, but something that you incorporate into your lifestyle in order for you to be your best self and function um, at your best possibility. Uh, so I love that. And then also too, something that I wanted for us to discuss, because we see it all the time where, you know, the parents is talking about self-care but I don't see it a lot where we're talking about self-care when it comes to kids and especially being a part of a step family, children go through a lot of the struggles, you know, that we go through maybe in a different way and they may experience it in a different way, but they're feeling that stress. They are feeling that anxiety, especially 
if they are going from one house to the other, or if they're in the house and they're seeing their sibling going from one house to the other, and the dynamic of the home changes every time a sibling come or every time there's like an argument between bio parent. So what would you say are some of the things that you think parents can do to help children implement self-care? Yeah, so that's a great question because you're right. Like, rarely do you think about you know, the kids when it comes to self-care, sometimes you're like, I'm the one doing everything. I'm the one that needs self-care. But yes, kids need self-care as well, because not only when it comes to a blended family and that stress, they're going through stress at school, depending on their age, with bullying, self-esteem, things of that nature. So it's very important that kids are able to learn how to express their emotions and identify their emotions. Sometimes they're feeling things and They might be angry or sad or upset and they don't really know why because they don't talk about it. So I think definitely things like journaling for younger kids, if they want to like draw out what they're feeling, you know, affirmations, if they're struggling with feeling insecure about certain things. My youngest, she has, we call it a calm down box. She has high anxiety, definitely when it comes to conflict. And so they have these new like, pop it fidget toys and so she loves that or bubble wrap so she has a box with different things like a stuffed animal different things of that nature she pulls out when she's feeling stress and that definitely helps her to calm down and then even do sometimes the kids they might want you to be a part of their self-care where one sometimes you might have to spend one-on-one time with kids so that they feel you know sometimes they might feel like, well, this person is, this sibling is getting more attention than me and fellow time with boys. So sometimes you have to be a part of that self-care for the kids and allow them to have some one-on-one time with you as well. Mm -hmm. I love those. And I love the calm down box that you talked about. And also too, I think one of the key roles that play first when it comes to self-care for children because like our actions speak louder than words, right? When you show people what it is um, versus saying what it is, what you show them speaks more with them. And if we are not implementing self-care for ourselves and the children are not seeing us do it, that's going to be a strange concept for them. So definitely starting with ourselves and implementing self-care. And then also you mentioned just about the children being able to express their feelings. And I want for our stepmoms and I want for stepdads to keep this in mind, even bio parents too, let the child know that it's okay for them to express how they feel about the situation. Of course, you want to pull boundaries around um, them expressing their feelings in a respectful way, but it's harder for them when they feel like, oh, they can't talk about mom and how they feel about something um, to stepmom because it's going to upset stepmom. Even if it's like, all right, me and mom don't get along and I know I don't really want to hear about mom, but that's them trying to share a part of themselves with you. So you don't have to necessarily respond. You don't have to necessarily give feedback, but you could just be a listening ear where they know that, okay, I can express my feelings of how I'm feeling, I, you know, with this adult who cares about me and whom I care about too. And that's another way that also improves bonding and connecting 
um, and building a relationship that they feel like it's a safe space. So something that I do with my kiddos, I don't do it as often now as I did in the beginning, but I always remind them and let them know that there's the opportunity or the space is there. We used to do house meetings um, in the beginning, and that really helped with um, rules and expectation and helping them to be able to adjust when they come over to us versus when they were with mom, because we have different value system, different structure. And so we create an open environment, an open space that allow them to, and let them know that you, you can express how you feel about things. Um, if we're making a decision about something, we're getting, you know, your input on how you feel about it. And it just kind of allow them to feel a sense of autonomy, like they have a say in there. And that also helped boost their self-esteem as well. Um, so I love that you brought up that communication piece. And then also just to go back to the fact that we model it for our children, uh, my youngest daughter. So something that I do, I listen to music when I shower. And that's a self-care thing for me too, because it calms me down. It helps relaxes me. And so now she started doing the same thing. So when she goes shower, she asks me, mommy, um, you know, can I listen to music? And I will tell her, yeah, and she will take her phone and she'll play her music and she's showering, she's grooving to her music. <laughs> and the first time she asked me I was about it, I was like, you want to listen to music? She was like, yeah. Um, and then it became a routine thing for her now. She does it often. And That's I thought great. that was cute. Yeah, that she you know, saw me doing something and she picked it up. She tried it. She liked it. And now she have her own little routine, you know, that works for her. So that's super amazing. And then also I wanted for you to share a little bit of what are the services that you help women with when it comes to self-care? How do you support them in that area? So, um, I have two programs. One is a six week signature program called self-care isn't selfish. And that basically teaches women how to set healthy boundaries with others. And you will be able to create a self-care plan, learn how to goal set and set boundaries through role playing, uh, all different kinds of activities will be involved in that. And then I also have a two hour intensive that assists you with creating your a self-care plan for yourself and it helps you shift your mindset from working to self-care. And additionally, I have a self-care workbook that I created that's sold on Amazon as well as a self-care affirmation card card deck. And so those are just kind of things I provide that, you know, can help you implement self-care on an everyday basis. You know, if you get stuck and you're like, what can I do? There's all kinds of tips and things in the workbook that can help you be able to make yourself a priority every day. That's awesome. I love the name of um, your program. Self-care is not selfish because for a long time, a lot of us had that in mind where you know, it's selfish if we put ourselves first. And um, I'll say this, especially if, you know, we're from the Christian faith, where being there for other people, you know, those are the things that value. We feel like maybe we are sinning in some way if we're putting ourselves first. And something that I tell my clients is to remember that um, one of the commandments is for us to love others as we love ourselves. 
But what we tend to miss is that there's a prerequisite to that, right? In order for you to love others as yourself, you also have to love yourself. So if you don't love yourself and you don't know how to take good care of yourself, how are you truly loving and taking good care of other people? And um, if you fall down, then how are you going to continue to take good care of other people? And so you have to be able to kind of like, that's where it goes back to a mental thing that I say, it's a mental thing to work on, to kind of get rid of some of these limiting beliefs that we have grew up with over the years that make us feel guilty when we care for ourselves, makes us feel guilty when we buy our favorite meal and maybe don't buy, you know, for somebody else feel like, oh, if I'm going to buy a meal, then I have to buy it for everybody else. Like, well, can you just treat yourself and actually enjoy that? So have you had that experience where you're like, oh, I want to buy something. I'm going to eat this. And then you're like, oh, okay. Then I have to buy something for everybody else now. (laughs) Have you had that? Yeah, definitely. Like, and there'd be times where at first I'm like, well, I guess I won't get it then. But then sometimes I'm like, no, I want this. So I'll just like eat it in my car before I go in the house or something. (laughs) I'm like, they'll still eat. It's not like they're not going to eat. It just might not be what I have but (laughs) so yeah the guilt is something that um once you start practicing self-care and realize the relief it gives you it becomes a lot easier to kind of let that guilt go Mm -hmm. and definitely if you haven't started already it will feel kind of strange for you it might be hard for you but keep going and start small. It doesn't have to be um, big things. Like Deetra mentioned, there's, you know, eight domains of self-care and something that I do with my clients, I sit down and like with each of those, I have a self-care plan for each of those domains that they can actually create a plan for each of those domains so that they're make sure that their whole well-being, you know, is being taken care of and not just one part of their their life, but also start small. Maybe you have to wake up early in the morning um, to have like 20 minutes to yourself before the kids get up and you have to go running. Um, Maybe when you get home, you don't get in the house right away. Uh, Maybe you got to sit in your car for a little bit and give yourself maybe 10 or 15 minutes just to relax and debrief before you get home and then get into the mom row or the stepmom row. And then you have to do all of the things as well. Um, so it's just the little things that add up and the uh, when you're consistent with it, it makes a huge difference. And so I want to say I love the affirmation cards that Deetra have. What led you to create those cards? I found that I was using affirmations a lot of times when I would get anxious and, you know, before when I would get anxiety or stressed out, I would kind of like back out of situations or just throw my hands up. And so when you get into the role, step into the role of stepmom, you can't just, you know, I mean, you can like walk away if you realize that's not for you, but I know, you know, I love my family. And so it's like, how can I get through this? And so one of the things I would start doing is telling myself affirmations every day, not only when it came to family life, but just work, anything in general that would give me stress. And I found that it really helped and gave me um, confidence and 
you know, helped me get through any challenges I was having. So I figured if I was feeling like this, other people could feel like this. So not only do you have an affirmation on the back of the card, you know, you have a task related to that affirmation. So it gives you the ability to practice that as well. Yeah, and I I love that. And I love the cool artwork that you um, put together. I currently have my favorite affirmation is on my desk. (laughs) I keep it here. I keep it here and I read it every time I sit down at this desk. So definitely, if you're thinking about giving affirmation a try, go ahead and check it out. Get yourself, order yourself a set of those cards because they are really, really good. And you said you're on Amazon. So how will they find you? You just just put in your business name or your name? So on Amazon, if you type in the search bar, um, my name, Deetra Harris, it will pop up the title book, the self-care workbook, and my name will pop up the affirmation card deck. I have a link on my Facebook page and Instagram page. Uh, Instagram, I'm at limitless underscore self underscore love underscore coaching. So limitless self-love coaching is the name of my business. And on that link, you can, you know, book a discovery call if you want to sign up for a program or learn more about the program. And also order the affirmation card deck and it has the direct link to Amazon as well. Okay. Thank you so much for being here with me today, Deidre. Do you have anything that you want to, any tips, any nuggets, anything you want to say to the audience before we end today's session? Um, Just basically know that you are not alone and sometimes it feels lonely that not even your family understands you sometimes because it is a unique role to be in and a stressful one and so there is support out there especially someone like you and all that provides these services to stepmoms and helps them through these challenges and it is something that you can overcome and flourish as you would say you know have a flourishing uh blended family and i think that if you just utilize the tips we gave that you definitely will get there thank you so much for being here with us today and again you know it's the beginning of the year so set yourself up for success don't wait when march hit and uh june and then summer is here Um, And it's like, oh, I should have started implementing self-care. Like make a plan, sit down and make a plan. The beginning of the year, make a plan how you're going to take care of yourself this year so that you can be your best self for you and for your family. And again, it's a pleasure having you on here, Deidre. Thank you for having me.